Good morning, and thank you for tuning in again. This is Family Wealth and Other Musings, and I'm your host, Becky Easton. As a personal family lawyer, I spend my days encouraging people to think about their own mortality. You might not think that death is a very sexy topic to spend your time on, but it's for exactly that reason that it's so important. Because we don't like to talk about it or plan for it, and simply because unexpected things happen, the states have already made some decisions for you. They've decided on a priority of people related to you who can make medical decisions for you if you cannot, or who can apply to make financial and legal decisions during your incapacity, or who can apply to gather your assets and distribute your estate upon your death. But maybe you don't actually want these people in charge. And maybe when multiple people share the same priority, they end up fighting about who can act or what decisions can be made. Not making your own decisions in writing ahead of time can have expensive results, landing your loved ones in court fighting it out amongst themselves. If you're old enough to remember Terry Schiavo, you'll recall that she was in an accident that put her into a coma. Doctors determined that she could be kept alive with life support, but that she may or may not ever wake up. While she hadn't officially nominated a healthcare agent or prepared a living will or healthcare directives to guide the person making this impossible choice, she had had conversations with her husband, and he ultimately made the difficult decision to remove her from life support. However, enter her family, who decided that she should be kept alive at all costs and fought for 12 years to keep her alive before her husband ultimately won the right to take his wife off of life support. That's 12 years laying unconscious in a hospital bed, 12 years of legal fees, 12 years of heartache and anger and stress, 12 years of doing all this in the public eye. I just, I can't imagine. And what about when you die? You know, the process can certainly be easier if you do have a will, but you're still looking at going to court. When it comes to the assets that you own at death, you can think of three buckets. You have assets that you own jointly with someone. So this might be your house, if you own it jointly with their spouse or maybe someone who co-signed with you. Um, and also joint bank accounts or investment accounts. And then you also have assets with a beneficiary listed. And so this can encompass a lot of those same assets. You know, your house can have a beneficiary deed on it. You can name a um, payable on death or transfer on death beneficiary on bank accounts and investment accounts. But typically you'll think of this with regard to your retirement accounts. So naming a beneficiary on your 401k or on your life insurance. And then the third bucket um, consists of assets in your individual name. And so this is a bank account that's only in your name. Your retirement accounts are, are also just in your individual name, but you typically have that beneficiary named. Um, so anything in your uh, individual name, and it's those assets that require court approval to transfer. So if you own your house on your own and it's just in your name um, and something happens to you, then we would be looking to the probate court to approve either what you've written in your will or what would happen based on the state laws of intestacy, which is pretty much 
you know, you get it to the next uh, closest living relative, with some exceptions. And so, yeah, it's either left up to state law or instructions in your will. Um, probate proceedings, you guys, these can drag out for months at the very least. Um, years is, can be more common. Um, your family will likely have to hire an attorney to represent them. And this can result in costly legal fees that can just drain your estate. And during probate, there's also the chance that one of your family members might contest your will or be difficult to work with if you've named multiple people um, as your personal representative or executor, or in the event that you haven't named them, multiple people qualify. So I'm actually working with a client right now who doesn't get along well with her sister. Their mom recently passed away and she named both women as personal representative probably thinking that she didn't want to hurt one of their feelings or that that's what you do is you name um, all your children or simply that they'd just be able to figure it out and get along. But unfortunately, her sister has been incredibly difficult to work with, refusing to respond to messages, refusing to cooperate in signing anything. And these are, this is just trying to get everything going so that they can um, get a household, get assets distributed, everything. And it's taken nearly a year for them to get the process started. It's been extremely difficult and frustrating for my client, as you can imagine. So, you know, how do you avoid that time, expense, and potential conflict that's involved in probate cases? Well, when it comes to your assets, unlike wills, assets that are held inside of a trust don't require your family to go through probate. And that can save them time, money, and the potential for conflict. Plus, when you have a trust set up, the distribution of your assets happens in the privacy of your attorney's office, not the courtroom. It can also happen on a much quicker timeline. And then when it comes to your healthcare decisions, preparing healthcare directives is definitely the way to go. That'll generally include a power of attorney to name your preferred agent to make decisions, if you're not able to, a living will to indicate what those decisions are that you would like to be made at the end of your life. Would you like to be kept alive for some amount of time? Would you like to receive artificial food and fluids? Uh, would you just like to be kept comfortable um, and taken off of life support? And then sometimes it'll include a HIPAA authorization as well. And this will allow additional important people to receive information about you should you be um, you know, in the care of healthcare professionals. And so if you are in Arizona or Colorado and feeling like this is something that you'd like to discuss further, um, I encourage you to hop on my calendar for a quick call. And you can do that by calling my front desk at 480-999-4455 or head over and schedule directly on my calendar at bit.ly, that's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash Call Easton Law, C-A-L-L-E-A-S-T-O-N-L-A-W. And if you're not in Arizona or Colorado, you can find a personal family lawyer near you at personalfamilylawyer.com, spelled P-E-R-S-O-N-A-L-F-A-M-I-L-Y-L-A-W-Y-E-R.com. 
You know, even though we tend to avoid talking about death, I really encourage you to embrace it since it's definitely going to happen to you someday. And make a plan. Leave your family with some guidance. So that about wraps it up for the first edition of Family Wealth and Other Musings. And if you've got a story to share about estate planning that either worked or failed your family, I'd love for you to share it in the comments. And please remember to like and subscribe for additional content from me like this if uh, you like what you hear. I'm your host, Becky Easton, and I hope you have a wonderful day.